Hey guys, it's Vince. Uh, just hoping you're having a great day and wanted to slow down a little bit today and I'm going to bring you a really, really, I think it's going to be long. I'm not sure exactly how long it's going to be, but it's, it's something that's been sloshing around in my head for a really long time. And I've always said, you know, I've written, I think I'm up to 10 books now. I'm not really sure. And all of my books have been self-published and I haven't really gone and tried to get on any bestseller lists, like probably should have, but I haven't. And I really just used uh, my books to, you know, really record and capture all the things that I've done well in my career as a gym owner. So my books are not like, you know, uh, they're, they're really just recounts of, of, of running a gym for the last 13, 14 years. Um, but but I do have this idea of writing a book and a, and a real book where I get a publisher and it's you know very very professional and I think all my each there's probably one typo in each of my books which is like terrible but this will won't won't and so I I'm, I have had this idea for a while to create like a, a a very very legit book that you know my vision of this is that you know I think all my books have the potential to you know, hang around for a really long time. I mean, the ultimate guide to marketing your gym is in on the bookshelf of, you know, thousands and thousands of gym owners. But this one, I think, is like a legacy, you know, type of book. And I've been wrestling around with the concept. I've taught it to mastermind a few different times. And you know what? I, I just wrote a bunch of notes out. I was like, I'm just going to record a really long podcast that unpacks this um, concept. And, and, and really what it is, it, it's, you know, where you see a lot of my books have been, you know, very, very specific, right? There's a book on marketing, there's a book on sales, there's a book on hiring, uh, I'm currently writing the leadership book. Um, there's a lot of different, but this one will be like the whole enchilada. It'll be my basic roadmap on how to be a successful gym owner and how to run a successful gym. And my job is to keep it as simple as possible. So I have this title. I don't think it's going to be the title of the book. Um, but I do think that um, it could be close. It's basically the gym business simplified. Um, and it's really breaking a successful gym down into three parts. Now, a lot of you know that I played football at Temple University. And I was an offensive lineman, and you know, we hated the defense, right? We hated the defense, um, but we hated it, another group of people even more. And this group of people was called the special teams. And the special teams, and get this or not, so we're in, we're in North Philadelphia on an AstroTurf field, old school AstroTurf. It is hot as crap out. Like you can see the humidity coming off the turf, and over there you're you're just like running into somebody at full speed and just banging your head and giving yourself a concussion. It's like when I think about what I did to my body and brain during college football, I was like, I don't know if I would do that again. I you know I think I would. I think I would. Um, but you you look over and they got a bottle of suntan lotion. And these guys are taking their shirts off and oiling up their bodies and laying on the turf and sunbathing. Well, we are like blistering ourselves playing football. And it's just like we would look over and just like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like this, they do nothing all day and they come out and then and we do special teams and uh, then they come out and they... They snap the ball a couple times, they kick the ball a couple times, and they run back down and go back to their sunbathing, right? And I was just like, we hate these guys. We were just jealous of them, right? But that was, a, that was another team, right? And so, but, but the reality is, there's a lot of times where the special teams won the game for us. Well, I went to Temple, so we didn't win many games, but <laughs> the ones we did, there were times where the kicker had to step up and kick the winning field goal, right? Um... <laughs> So, sorry to my Temple Owl friends that, that listen to this podcast. Um, 
right? But but be, sometimes the special teams is what what wins the game. A lot of times, if you look in the Super Bowl, some of these Super Bowls, you know, they're won on a kick, right? And so it's a really part important part of your business. So as much as important your offense is, and as much as important your defense is, special teams are important too, right? So you need all three to win the game. And so what I start to do is I start to think about business and how a business, just like a team in, in football, team in sports, um, has an offense uh, and defense and special teams. And all need to be proficient um, to be able to win. And when I think about business and I break it down to those three teams, you have your offense, which is your what I'm calling getting clients, right? That's what the first unit is called. It's called the getting clients unit. And that is essentially your sales and marketing, right? Your marketing is, you know, your, I'm gonna go over this in a little more detail, but so I won't even do it now. So your sales and marketing, that is your offense, right? That's how you score points. Um, the second unit is your defense, right? And I'm calling this the keeping clients. So uh, offense is getting clients sales and marketing. The defense is keeping clients, essentially, you know, retention. And then the special teams is called building cash, right? And that is um, really the, the definition of all this is how do we operate efficiently or operational efficiency? We build cash through having a good structured systematized business and through being savvy with your money that's how you build cash right so the key to a successful gym is treating each of these units separately and knowing that it's like the offense will go in their separate meeting room and they will work on the offense and prepare for the game you know and watch they will watch film on you know themselves doing the offense and then in another room over there there's the defense and they're in their their special room and they're they're talking about their strategy on how we're going to you know win the game from a defensive standpoint and then there's another room that you know is just you know a bunch of weirdos uh that is the special teams and they're working on their part of the game and that that's how the the games are won so the games are won when these three units, albeit it's one team, right? So your business is one entity, but it takes these three separate units to be successful. Now you might be thinking, well, Vince, it's just me. That, that's fine, right? That's fine. But I think for you to understand and maximize these three parts of your business, they need to be looked at separately under a separate microscope. And that's what the book is going to be about. The book is going to be about these three units and then, and then breaking down how to be successful um, in these three units. And, and in my um, effort to make this as simple as possible, um, I've broken down um, the three units into three key, I guess you call them subheadings. Right, three key subheadings from the uh, from from each unit. Okay, so I'll I'll start with the offense, and remember this is the getting clients unit for your business, and this is the sales and marketing. Right? There's three things that you need to you know. Think of just you know sales and marketing is to the point where you have someone out in your community that. Maybe they know you, maybe they don't, but they're out in your community, they're not a client. The getting a client's unit is the effort to swipe that person's credit card for the first time as a member, right? That's, that's essentially the, the, and so the getting client unit is everything that happens to make that a reality, right? And so that, that's broken down into three systems and that's your attraction system, your nurture system, and then your conversion system. So if you're taking notes at home, um, and I don't think you have to take notes, like I'll probably you know, do a bunch of emails about this, um, but really what I'm doing is I'm, I'm selfishly outlining my big book, 
I'm selfishly outlining it. So hopefully, but this is helpful and you'll get some clarity around. And that's, that's really what I want to do, right? I want, to, I want this book to be about, um, and again, I'm not going to write this for a while. I'll probably start soon, but this is not going to come out for some, quite some time. Um, so bear with me here. So, um, so you got the offense, right? And so it's attraction, nurture, and conversion. And your attraction system is, you know, what you think of marketing, right? Right. That's, you know, there's, you know, in your attraction system, there's um, understanding and knowing who you're trying to attract. Like that's the number one thing. The number one thing in marketing and in an attraction system, and this must become before anyone else, is, is knowing who you want your prospect to be, right? It's like if you're going fishing and you just say, I'm going out and I'm going fishing to go catch fish, well, you're not gonna really know where to go. You're not gonna know what pole to use. You're not gonna know what bait to use. You're just gonna go out and just throw something in the water and hope you catch something and you're probably gonna catch something random, right? Versus if you said, I'm going out to catch salmon and you would know that you would need to go to a stream instead of an ocean and you would need to know that you would catch, you need to get a fly reel instead of a regular reel and you need to know that you would use I don't even know what bait you use for salmon, but you need to know you would use, I don't know, let's say it's corn, corn over worms, right? I don't know if that's right, but you get my point, right? But so the number one thing in your attraction system is understanding and knowing who we're going after. And, 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 and not just understanding, you know, oh, adults over 40, like that's BS. Like if you want to compete these days and you want to win in business these days, you got to go way deeper than that. You got to know these people inside and out, inside and out. You, you got to do the research. Market research is is such valuable time. And you might be thinking, well, market research. No, market research is talking to your clients. That's what it is. Market research is talking to your clients. That that's what you need to be doing um, every day in your consultations, in your um, in just when you're training people, uh, blocking time to go, um, and uh, blocking time and to go and to just just talk to clients and ask them questions about their life and everything like that. That's how you all of a sudden become a good writer too. You just understand the market better, right? So in your attraction system, you got you know who the client is, right? And knowing them on a deep level, and then you know a piece of that after that, it's like what is the message? What's the marketing message? What do these people need to hear? So once you identify the people, what do they need to hear? And the most important thing that you can do is, you know, enter the conversation going on in their head, right? That's like, you know, it's like what every marketer says, but it's true. It's like, what are they thinking about right now, right? And really the, the best marketing message, a lot of times, you know, the message is, you know, comes down to this is amateur marketing, but the message is, oh, we you know, do small group training and we have this kind of equipment and we do, and it's a bunch of hogwash. And really what is going to make people pay attention is if it's for them, if you're talking about the problems that they've got. So your marketing message comes down to what are they struggling with? What's keeping them up at night? You know? And, you know, I will say this, and this is one of the most important things I've learned in the last 10 years. And this will be a main point of the book. And, you know, I'm, I've obviously talked about the two separate units, right? The offense and the defense. Um, and maybe write this down if you're at home. Um, why they come is not why they stay. Why they come is not why they stay. And this is something that you really need to understand. You really need to understand that the reasons why people sign up for your gym originally are not the reasons why they decide to stay for the next 10 years. And here's my proof to that. Look around your gym and look at a guy that's been working out for you 10 years and his gut is the same size as it was when he started. So he came to lose weight and maybe he lost 10 pounds when he first started and he's basically 10 pounds lighter or, you know, has lost that same 10 pounds for over, for over 10 years, right? Um, but he's still a client. 
and he shows up to every barbecue you got and he shows up to every client event you got and he's you know his kids and he knows your kids and he's like that guy right he loves you um the reasons why they come are different from why they stay that's a very very important concept to know so um your marketing message very important um i talk about a lot part of the attraction system is your marketing globe right and and using multiple methods to market and how this is the worst number in businesses one and you 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 need multiple to use our fishing continue with our fishing analogy you need multiple poles in the water right if you got one pole let's say you put your everything on everything you got on facebook and your account gets shut down you're screwed or if all of your clients come from word of mouth and all of a sudden your reputation gets dragged through the mud because some client you know is talking shit about you or something like that that's that's drying up your um your number one way you're getting new clients right so you need multiple so that's another part of the attraction system is you need multiple ways multiple ways um to generate uh leads um a part of the attraction system is your calendar and your organization of all this stuff right so it's not just understanding and knowing the target market and understanding the message and having multiple methods but it's having a strategy behind this having a strategy behind you know when you will uh, do certain things when are you going to have a challenge when are you not going to have a challenge when should you do bring a friend weeks when should you do charity events like all this needs to be outlined in some kind of an organized fashion so it actually gets implemented if it's not organized it's not going to get implemented and you're going to practice what i call squirrel marketing and it's just like well i don't like throw some stuff on the wall here throw some stuff on the wall there and let's see what happens now now you need a plan you need a marketing plan right you need a marketing plan you need to go and and have a um you know, before a quarter starts, I like the quarterly marketing, but before the quarter starts, you need to know what you're going to do and think about it ahead of time. Not, hey, it's June, next week's Father's Day. All right, let's do a Father's Day thing. No, that ain't going to work because you're just going to do crappy work. Right? So that's the attraction system. And you know, it's an organized fashion. There's probably some more stuff in there that I'll talk about in the book. But those are the basics of your attraction system. So the second piece is, is your nurture, right? Is your nurture. And this is what happens when the lead comes in. So they opt into the face through the Facebook, uh, um, Facebook ad, they reply to an email, they respond to your website and come through a form on the website. Um, your nurture system is what happens after that event. And this is your original nurture system. There's obviously more, I'll go through that in a second. But um, what happens immediately? And the biggest mistake that, that people make is they don't view this as sales. They view nurturing as admin work. So they say, oh, front desk girl. Yeah, go ahead and respond to the leads and get them in the door. It's like one of the most important pieces of your business. And people just say, hey, front desk person that's never been trained in sales, um, go and get these people in the door. And they don't use a script and they don't have a template and they don't have anything, questions to ask them. And they just hope and they wonder why no one's showing up. Right? Or you know, they do it in a way where they just beat people over the head and they don't do a good job of asking questions or they don't understand how to overcome objections of people asking for price right away and everything like that right so you need a nurture system like this is uh, the the fortune is in the follow-up and and the biggest thing that the problem with the nurture system is that people do not like to be told no right and so when they follow up if someone doesn't respond they just kind of let it go by the wayside and they don't have this relentless follow-up and now I, I I have I have the great fortune to have you know Tom Leonardis who runs the sales department at my gym and he's relentless like you could tell him to F off 
like and he'll just like laugh and just like shake it off and keep go call the next person and it's like it's just he's not phased at all by no he's not phased at all by rejection at all now he's a little bit of a, a psychopath like not not all of us are like that sometimes we feel it a little bit but that's what it really takes to get people in the door and it just keeps going and going and going and going right so you got to have that you got to have that because you know and again there's going to be and, and, and here's the other reason why you need it there's some a good nurture system right there's some people that are ready to buy there's some people that are ready to buy but i would say that there's a large people a large portion of people that are not and what you do is you need a good nurture system to follow up with these people when when they're ready and i always have said this is that you need to be there when the problem you solve moves to the top of their to-do list and this is another important concept to understand um, they're interested today but not interested tomorrow think about that well th that's probably happened with you right you you all of a sudden you get this idea and you want to buy, a, you know, a, you know, I don't know, a new shed for your backyard. And you're like, yeah, like you, know, you go online, you Google and you call the number and you leave a message and, and you leave a message and they don't get back to you until the next day. And they call you like, oh, yeah, I heard you're interested in a shed. And you're like, hey, yeah, yeah, that was just for that moment. <laughs> right. And then you're like, nah, I'm good. I don't want it. I don't want the shed. But it's like they're interested today and not interested, but. But then I might come in and be like, oh, damn, this garage is getting freaking flooded with all this stuff. I need a shed. I need a place to put all these tools in one place. Let me call that shed place again. Right? And then all of a sudden you want the shed, right? But you wanted the shed that one day. You got all excited. You called. They called you back. You didn't want the shed. And then two weeks later, you're like, I don't want the shed. You know why? Because you're a human being. You're a human being. And this is the same thing. But this is why you need a nurture system. Because they're interested today. And then they're not interested tomorrow, but then they're going to be interested again. So you need to be there when the problem you solve moves to the top of their to-do list. All right? But you also need a nurture system for not just the immediate leads that are coming through the door. You need a nurture system for people that used to train with you. Man, I can't think of a better way to get new clients right now than to reach, reach out, out and call all your old clients and invite them to come back in. I just can't think of it. I can't think of it. one thing better to tell you to start getting new clients than that. So, so that's another piece of your nurture system, right? And there's, there's more, there's multiple, right? But, 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 but understanding and knowing that human beings are indecisive, the fortune is in the follow-up. The fortune is, goes to the people that are relentlessly and, and, and willing to accept no and accept failure and to keep moving forward, right? Um, and the third piece of the offense is your conversion system, right? And your conversion system is, okay, they get into the door. What are you doing to make them become a client? So your conversion system could be made up of your uh, consultation process. It could be your trial membership process. But a really big part and a very important part of the conversion system um, and this is probably the one that will um, indicate how financially successful you are is your price. And I will be highlighting this a lot uh, in the book because I think it's such an important thing is the psychology of pricing, the, the technique of pricing, the presentation of price, um, the raising of prices. All of that is a massive part of, uh, of your conversion system, right? So you, so these three units all work together, attraction, nurture, conversion, to make up your offense. They make up getting people to become members. Now, once they become members, there's a whole separate unit and a separate strategy that needs to be created, that needs to be um, implemented and enhanced and that's your defense, right? And so this is the keeping clients unit, and this is your retention. And there's three things that I'm gonna unpack that I think have the biggest impact on your retention, right? Now there's a lot here. There's a lot here. 
And, and the cool thing is, is that a lot of you guys are good at this already, and hopefully you are, um, but the reality is you can always make progress and improve and understanding and knowing that this is probably the best way, best way to enhance um, your lifetime client value. There's two factors that I think are the most, in, the, the most um, beneficial to focus on to increase lifetime client value, and that would be your price and that would be your retention. Right? How much you're charging, and you're charging the right price, and you're getting, you know, maximum amount of money from people, um, and then, and then, are you keeping them longer? Are they staying a lot longer? Right? And so, the three factors um, are your recruitment and hiring and training of your staff, your team, right? Your team, the recruitment. The, the hiring and the training of, of your staff. If you really think about it, you know, and I'm gonna talk about, you know, your training system and stuff like that in a second, because it is a factor, like the product and how good it is, it is a factor. Um, but in what we do, in it's such a relationship-based business, and, and I'm talking for, you know, my market is personal training, people doing small group training, large group training and you know there's it's a I don't know if boutique is the right word right but this is like you know um, it, it's personal it's cheers for in the gym industry right your, your gym is cheers right that's what you're you are right you're not this big big monster you're, you're built on creating you know relationships with people right and man the the biggest indicator of of if people will stay is are you continually putting out great people on the floor now I say this with a caveat because I don't think you need to keep people forever and that is why I say your recruitment hiring and training system I it is not that you have the best trainers it's not that I have had trainers you know that have come and gone and we brought new people in and I can still have people that have been training with us for 13 years that say things like man how, where do you find these people how do you find these people so it's not so much of keeping someone because you're not going to keep trainers forever but it's can you create the culture and the value system and the hiring process to reload Right, that's that's kind of what it's about. It's not about keeping someone, and you want to keep trainers for as long as you can. But at the end of the day, they don't stay forever. I'm living proof of that. I just know that they're not going to stay forever. And so it's not about finding the best people and the best trainers, right? But it's about you as a business creating a great process to find those great people, to keep them for as long as you can and to train them the way they need to be trained to be successful on the floor, right? So really it's like, that's the number one indicator of our people. Do they like coming to the gym to spend an hour with Anthony? If, they, if they're driving to the gym and they're like, ah, oh, shit, I got Tom today. If that's what they're saying, they ain't gonna stay that long. So you want people to look forward to the team that you're going to work with. They're spending, you know, a lot of time with these people. And if they, you know, they're, if all of a sudden you got negative trainers and you got trainers that have like bad body language and they vibrate low and they're just like negative, and they're going to want to hang out with those people. But all of a sudden, if you find people where they walk into the gym and they see Anthony and they light up and eyes and Anthony gives them enthusiastic hello, and they're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I didn't want to be here before, but now I'm ready to go. I saw Anthony, he got me two seconds, you know, gave me that eye, and I'm ready to rock now. So you got to roll. You got to roll with these people. You got to find these kind of people. You got to create the culture that makes these people better and better and better and better and better. That's the biggest driver for your retention is finding these people, keeping them as long as you can, and then when they leave, to be able to reload with similar quality people. Right? And then there were some relationships that will be built that, oh, my favorite trainer left and now I'm leaving. And like, that, that will happen. Right? That will, will happen. But for the large part, that's probably on the smaller end. Part number two of the defense 
is 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 your product right is your product is you know i I look at the training session as what i call the critical event and i learned this from reading i don't know where i read it but uh, the, the home depot the ceo of home depot um he he flies around to all the different stores and he just parks himself in the store and he 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 observes the exchange between the people in the orange aprons and the and the customers and he basically wants to see what that exchange is like because he calls that the critical event and the critical event of a gym is the exchange between client trainer at the session right what they do in the workout how they're treated during the workout what the workout is like is the workout to their needs right so the second piece of the defense is the product is your programming is your programming right for your market that you're working with you know have your staff been trained enough on how to coach these exercises is it consistent right is uh, are you you know is one of your trainers telling them knees out knees out knees out and the other one's saying chest up chest up chest up and they're giving all these confusing you know cues and there's no consistency right that's part of your delivery service right and you need to make sure that that's good i call it the food right if you go to a restaurant and the food sucks you ain't going back i don't care how nice they were to you right i don't care how nice they were to you it, if the food sucked, maybe you give them one more chance. But if the food sucks, you you probably ain't going back. And that's you got to look at your training. It's the product. It's it's the equipment that you're using. It's the exercises that you're um, it, you know prescribing. It, it's the, um, the 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 the, um, the intensity that you know you're having people work at. All of that dedicates down to what is the experience like um, in terms of the critical event, which is the training session, right? And then some of the other stuff you can't like control, like it's hard to control results, right? Now you wanna try and do the best you can to get results, right? Like especially, you know, knowing what results is for people, that's probably the name of the game, right? Finding out what success is for people, right? But a lot of people do have weight loss goals that come to our gyms, right? And if they got a weight loss goal, what's the number one thing they need to do? Well, they need to eat right. And we don't, we're not with them every day. And so your job in the delivery system becomes, all right, do I, am I doing the right things and giving them the right tools? Am I giving them, you know, sitting down with them and meeting with them if, they, if they're having trouble and having problems, right? That's all you can do. You can't control what, 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 they, what they eat. You can't, you know, go to their house. So you just have to do your best you can. But knowing some of this stuff is out of your control, but what you can control is 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 the product right is the product okay um and the third part of the defense is the client experience right and this is getting into there's a lot of layers here in client experience a lot of layers here but this is really almost like the separation these are the things that you know if you answer the questions why they stay right why they stay and i gave that example earlier of you know, why does the guy that came for weight loss that hasn't lost a pound in 10 years, why is he still paying you $400 a month, right? And, and that's the experience, right, that he has. And the experience is layered very, very deeply. It's layered from relationships with you, the owner, relationships with your staff. It is the actual number two in terms of the actual experience that he's having with the product um, and the training session. Um, but it's also the culture of the gym, right? It's the experience that he has like when he goes and does he, you know, hang around other people that he likes to hang around with. I'll tell you this, my wife goes to the gym, my gym, and one of the biggest reasons why she goes is her buddies are there in the morning and she loves it, right? And so are they having a good experience and are you fostering those types of, you know, relationships? Uh, how do they feel being connected to your business, right? Do they feel a level of elevated status, 
right? Which will improve their experience with you because that is enhancing their lives. When their status increases because of a connection with your brand, right? That is going to um, keep them there. That's going to keep them there longer because that's a that's a, that's a feather in their cap. That's something that they don't want to lose because it almost becomes at some point part of their identity. Right. So the client experience is is all the things that you do that I call um, uh, IUP value. Um, and that's intangible, unique, and personal value. Something I learned from the great Dan Kennedy, right? And the unique and personal value is kind of the stuff that people can't copy. It's the relationships you have. It's the nicknames that you give people. It's the little things that you do, like ringing the bell when someone gets a PR, right? It's the giving them the water bottle for free when they didn't expect it. It's like all these little things layered together enhance the client experience and you got to make sure that this is good this is such an important factor and this is probably will be almost the most important chapter in the book Um, and something that I haven't talked about a lot um, are are, are what are all the things it's this is probably like if you were to call you know give a business an unfair advantage or an X factor or something like that it it would be that client experience and very strategically layering all these different things that you do and control um you know one of the things that improves their experience is is consistency right there's their living lives of inconsistency their lives are very uncertain but all of a sudden they have something very stable in you they know that every monday wednesday friday at 6 a.m they're gonna have a good coach and they're gonna get a good workout and they're gonna you're gonna keep them safe you're giving them certainty you're giving them security so there's a lot of factors here in client experience as a third part of the defense. And unit number three is the special teams unit, and this is building cash, right? So we've got getting clients, keeping clients, and then what are the things that support these two things, right? And this is operational efficiency, right? AKA, how do we make a maximal amount of money from our business because honestly that's what you're here to do you are here to make a maximal amount of money and at the same time you're going to change lives and your relationship with money is a very 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 important relationship and if you want to gain freedom as an entrepreneur you have to understand money and you have to understand how money works and you have to if you have a negative relationship with money you have to probably improve that so the first piece in operational efficiency is your financial strength of your business and financial strength comes from your financial education how much you know about money how much you know about leading indicators the things that I talk about all the time called your scoreboard right these are things like your leads, your trials, your contracts, your retention, all these numbers and data that you track that will lead towards what it says in your profit and loss statement, right? So essentially your, your financial strength, um, you know, is your ability to understand the data, your ability to understand what the numbers are telling you and for you to be able to make intelligent decisions based on what those numbers are saying. So your financial strength is is in a very and this is where you know I look to my best friend in the world, Mike Waldron, who's the founder and CEO of Carmel Valley, who's the you know CFO to um, you know some of the top gym owners in the world, right? Everyone looks to Mike because Mike gets this stuff on a high level, and I have the fortunate you know benefit to for Mike is my best friend, so we talk every day. And he educates me every day on finances and how I can do this. And again, I'm not, this didn't come naturally to me. I didn't like, I kind of fought this in the beginning. I kind of like, I'm just going to focus on ringing the register. But no, this is like, you got to understand the numbers of your business. You got to understand. I'll never forget. You know, I sat down with a marketing consultant once and she's a really savvy woman, very successful, sold her business for millions of dollars. 
and she sat down with me. She was a client at the time, and she sat down with me, and she started asking. I said, "Peggy, I need you to help you with help help me with my marketing." And she sat down. And she starts asking me all these questions, like, you know, calls for a lead and lifetime value of a client. And I was like, I don't know any of that stuff, Peggy. And she was like, Well, you're not ready. She was like, You're not ready for me to help you. She was like, You don't know your numbers, Vince. And I was like, Oh, that hurt. Right? And this was early on. Like, I didn't know it. I didn't know, right? But, but you're, you're, you got to understand the data side of your business because here's why it's the only truth teller you've got. The numbers. It, it, this is such an emotional game, right? There, there's highs and there's lows. And if you don't think that that's a piece of it, I mean, if you think every entrepreneur that that you're, you know, that you see on Instagram is that's posting that you know they made a million dollars today, blah 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 blah, and all this garbage, right? Um, and then they they make their great post and then they throw their phone in the river because they're so miserable, right? Um, but, but, but there's, there's, there's an up and a down to, to this game, right? And that's another whole thing. And I don't know when I'll, in the book I'll talk about this. I think there probably needs to be a fourth chapter, and that's the mind of the CEO, right? But a fourth section, I mean, um, which I can probably add to the third section of this, which I'll tell you in a second. Um, but but you've you got to understand this, this financial strength part of it. You've got to understand the numbers because it's the thing that's telling you what's actually happening versus you going on your gut feeling. The example is this, client cancels their membership and you're like, oh shit, everyone's probably thinking this. You go down this wild goose chase that everyone's gonna cancel. I've done it. I know some very, very successful other people that have told me they've done this, right? And I was almost surprised when they told me that they thought like that. One of my cousins sold his business for a hundred million dollars. And he told me he would think the exact same thing when the client would quit. $100 million entrepreneur thought that. One client quits, they're all quitting. So you're not alone thinking that, right? But that's going and running your business on emotion, and that's not a great way to do it. The, the, the right way to do it is say, all right, one client just canceled. We've got 100 members. We can expect to lose at least three clients this month if we stay to our 3% attrition rate. And because only one client has canceled this month, me going on my wild emotional tizzy because one client canceled and I have two more that I can get to still be on track, but I'm going through this you know, chemical dump of stress hormones in my brain be because one client quit. It's just running your business on emotion and what you need to do is run it from the data. What does the data say? What are the leading indicators saying? What's the scoreboard saying? What are the financials saying? What are all this telling you? And you need to make decisions based on fact. Otherwise, you're just gonna let the elephant, which is, you know, if you read the book Switch, it talks about the elephant and the rider. You're just letting the elephant rule the roost. The emotional side of your brain is just killing it. So you gotta understand and embrace these, these, these numbers and improve your financial education Right? So you need to read books on finances. You need to read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and you understand the difference between an asset and a liability. You just you got to understand and know this stuff. If you want to have a successful business financially, if you want to build cash, you got to know this stuff. Um, number two in building cash and operational efficiency is building predictable systems. Building predictable systems. When I sat down with Mike Boyle before I became an entrepreneur, I was a trainer working for $37,000 a year. And I sat down, I told, told Mike Boyle what I wanted to do. And he said, well, before you do anything, read the book, The E-Myth Revisited. And The E-Myth Revisited basically talks about building systems in your business so you can have predictable and reliable results. And it also talks about you know the difference between working on your business and in your business. And I learned that very important lesson, right? But it's one thing to do a bunch of stuff like referral generation and upsells and you know run challenges and stuff. It's another thing to build predictable systems in your business and to have those systems documented so you can have repeatable, reliable results. 
And so that's why you need predictable systems. So one, you're not going to burn yourself or the staff out, right? And, and the way I look at it is, you know, let's say you do this marketing idea and you run a six week challenge and you get 30 new members, right? And what you should do is you should do that again the following year, right? So you run a fall six week challenge, right? You should do it again the following year. But you get to the you get to the same time period again. Like, what did we do last year? Uh, I don't. Know. Eh, let's just try. It. And you just throw you know, you just throw shit against the wall again, and you do, and then probably you don't get as good results. Versus if you just wrote down everything you did, you know, how did you market it? What did the Facebook ads say? What did the emails say? Did you copy and paste the emails and put them in a document and put everything related to that six week challenge in one file so you can pull it out, use it again, and rinse and repeat? And it's going to make your business so much more predictable. It's going to make it so much more reliable. And when you can do that, you're going to save so much money and so much time. Hence why systems will help you build a lot of cash. And the third piece of building cash um, in terms of operating efficiently is leadership, right? Is leadership. And that is you and your impact on the business that is your impact on the other people that are running specific departments because hey there's no there's two things systems can't work without people systems cannot work without people and if you you know Jocko Willink has an unbelievable book um, uh, extreme ownership right and he, and he tells us one story about the uh, this row, rowing boat exercise and this one boat comes in last place all right there's five guys in the boat one boat comes in last place the other boat comes in first place they switch only one person which was the leader of each boat and it totally reversed what that one boat came in first place the other one came in last place all they did was switch the leader so the leader has such an impact on the results of the business so in order for all these things to happen Right. In order for these systems to get implemented, in order for your client experience to be great, in order for they need a strong leader in place and they need strong leadership in place to keep them on point. Think of, you know, the businesses that you walk into where it's kind of like the inmates are running the asylum. You walk around and you can't tell who's in charge and you just see a bunch of people doing random shit and you realize that there's no leadership versus if you see walk into a gym and you see a group of people and they're on point and everyone's doing what they need to be doing and they're, 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 they're going beyond expectations for the clients and they're really good attitudes and well, there's a strong leader behind that result. There's strong leadership behind that result. And when that happens, all the things in your business are going to work better and that will essentially make your business run more efficiently and that will build lots and lots of cash. So, that is a uh, as long as podcast I've recorded in a while, but I just feel like uh, thank you for letting me get that out. By the way, I just needed to just unpack this and like, but this is like this is it. This is business in three units. This is nine major steps in each unit, and there's a lot of there's probably a lot of bullet points under each of the nine units, right? But this is the full thing and the full gamut. My point in recording this is to really helps simplify this is to really help simplify this game of business um, for gym owners because hey the business side of this is not the easiest thing in the world right you got to understand this is that the business side of uh, of of running a gym is not easy gyms and restaurants they say are the hardest two industries right and and, and here's the thing with, with 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 gyms most of us that decide to own gyms what were we we were personal trainers. And, you know, here's the thing, and I can say this because I am one, but hey, I didn't graduate first in my class. You know, I was probably like a low B, C student. I was not the, you know, the, I was not selected ever even in a million years most likely to succeed in my class, not even close. And I became a trainer and I loved it. I fell in love with the game. And I wanted to own my own gym. And I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just wanted to own my own gym. That's it. 
But then when I got in my own gym, I got smashed in the face and I was just like, dude, if this is gonna work, you need to learn some things. And what you need to learn is you need to learn business. And I've embarked on a career of, of you know, decent success because of my passion for, for, for understanding and learning business. And that's obviously turned into an education company where I teach gym owners how to run a better business. And I just, I love it. I love this, you know, sport, right? This sport of business that um, is exciting and fun and, you know, understanding and learning about yourself. It's the old business is the ultimate personal growth tool. It's old, it's built in personal growth. If you're running a business and you're struggling and you're having trouble and you're like thinking, ah, I shouldn't have done this, I should go get a job. It's like, no, 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 this is where, this is the juice. This is the juice, this is the fruit of entrepreneurship, is learning about yourself, is overcoming challenges, is growing as a person, as a human, is that you will, all, it's just built in to, to owning your business, it's built in. And you can go and you can go find a job and live a cushy life and not live your life in stress and not live your life in anxiety, right? But when you look back and you look back on all the things that you've learned um, and about business, about yourself, man, you, you're probably going to be really damn proud. You're probably going to be really damn proud of the, the struggles you've overcome, of the challenges that you've overcome. Um, but this thing is, it's not for the faint of heart. But I promise you, if I can do this, you can too. I was in, I, I, I grew up and in going into the, what's called the general studies classes, general math and general science. And I had tutors at the wazoo. I, I shouldn't be, I should not be where I am in life. I should not be where I am in life based on what the first 17 years of my life were like. And really the first 23 years through college should not be where I am. And all it, all, it, all it came down to was a dedication to learning. A dedication to learning. And a passion for growth. And a commitment to working my ass off. And it turned into something decent and pretty good. And I got, you know, a lot of time and a lot of freedom. And I have a lot of time and a lot of freedom. Um, because I've understood business and that's my goal for this book my goal for this book is that to help you the gym owner um, simplify what you're doing and enhance your life through um, building a really strong stable business in the fitness industry so hopefully this was helpful if you need anything feel free to reach out to me Vince at GabrielFitness.com and I'll see you on the next episode peace